Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Today's topic on Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast is a really uncanny fit for the timing of the release of this particular episode. With almost an eight-week gap and the way that this might have appeared, as I put together this episode, it hit home hard that you might have felt as though I had abandoned you or that I had abandoned the podcast. So right here and now, I just want to reassure you that this isn't the case. I just needed a bit of a breather over what is the Australian summer holidays where I had a series of weekly gigs come up for my band and my time and energy went into this. So my life has, I guess, evolved so much over the past few years where I have been on my own personal and professional development journey and there's been a lot of growth and a lot of new opportunities that keep presenting themselves to me and one of those being the um, the series of performances that I had over summer. And that personal and professional development journey is exactly why this podcast is here for you. Whether it's me talking about a topic to help you with a sticking point, one of those things that just is keeping you stuck in a rut, or it's through one of the many conversations that I have with guests who have been to Helen back in their lives and they have gained lots of useful tools to help them to transcend to a place of transformation in their own lives. You're always going to find something of value in this podcast and in each episode to help you to transform your life. So today's conversation with Anne Heinz is absolutely no exception. If anyone can speak on abandonment and the associated trauma from times of abandonment in her own life and the ways in which she's managed to transcend to a place of transformation, it's Anne. So what I wanted to emphasize is that there's so many uns that we can feel in life. We can feel unloved. We can feel unappreciated. We can feel unstable. We can feel misunderstood. We can feel unlucky. We can feel unable. We can feel unusual. We can feel unhappy. We can feel unaware. We can feel unfortunate. We can feel unfairly treated. We can feel unfit. We can feel underutilized. We can feel unseen, unheard, unwise, undone, unknown, unnamed, uncloaked, unglued, and there is unwanted. And pretty much all of these undescriptors that I've just given are entangled in being or feeling abandoned. 
Now, when you have been abandoned or you feel abandoned, abandoned, it is totally understandable that you will have experienced some pain because of those experiences and you may have repressed and suppressed those things inside of yourself and internalized a lot of it and that might be playing out in your life in lots of different ways whether it be emotionally where you're easily triggered and reactive whether you are experiencing health problems whether you're turning to coping mechanisms because of the things that are still hurting you from the inside and you haven't been able to release and heal from so um this is why this podcast is here and this is why this episode is here it's going to help you to find ways to move past this and you may be looking for ways to transcend this pain that i've talked about and bring about some transformation in your life so If you are curious or have heard about EFT and you'd like to find out more about it and other associated modalities that can provide ways to heal your life, you will find this and so much more in today's episode. So let's open the door on today's episode. I'd like to ask you who you think the hero of this podcast is. I want to tell you, the hero is not me. And the hero, as fantastic and amazing as the guests that I have on Tiara's Tears and Triumphs are, they're also not the hero of the podcast. The real hero of the podcast is you. It's you and your transformational journey it's that engagement that you have as you stand up and you fight for your life you fight to strive to have the life that you want to live you make the change you make it happen and you can and I want you to know that and hold your head high, knowing every time that you show up and you listen to another episode, that's you being a hero. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello, Anne, and a very, very warm welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. Thanks so much for coming on as a guest today. I'm really looking forward to having a conversation to you, which I think our talk is going to revolve a lot around healing and perhaps healing from trauma which is something that uh, many people are going to relate to you know in the first instance and I think that many people will also get a great benefit 
from getting some of your uh, perspective on ways in which you have healed from your trauma. So, Anne, I'm going to hand it over to you and just ask you to start anywhere that you're comfortable um, with, you know, things that you've been through in your life that have perhaps caused you trauma and um, and then what it's looked like to where that healing journey began for you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I have, yes, several things uh, starting from right at the very beginning because I was born with my right foot up against my right shin. So the first six weeks of life, I had the equivalent of physical therapy. And that was in advance of my mother handing me over for adoption. That was that was the plan. But she had to wait those six weeks to do that. And then I was handed over into a family that had just suffered their own trauma because they had a two year old boy that had been adopted and they they adopted another little girl and they raised her for six months, that hard first six months. And then the mother changed her mind and they had to give her back. And I was the replacement into the family for that loss. So that would have been a trauma on top of the adoption trauma, which is, you know, itself quite a significant trauma. And then at six months, my mother did not change her mind. So we started to move around the world because my dad worked for a company, an international company. So we moved to um, Barbados first and then to Sierra Leone. And while we were in Sierra Leone, we had a house fire. And I was the one who saw the flames coming in my bedroom wall. Wow. So alerted people to that. And that was a trauma. You know, part of that trauma is that I went to the top of the stairs and called down to my dad and said, there's a fire in my bedroom. And he, his response was, no, there can't be. Now, when you say that to a child, right, and they're in the midst of all this emotion, they stop to trust themselves, right? Because why would I lie? Why would I say anything like that if it wasn't the truth? So yeah. that was something that stuck with me. And then we moved to Hong Kong. When we were in Hong Kong, I was sent to boarding school in England. And I was sent to my brother's boarding school, which happened to be a boys boarding school. So I was an, the only girl boarder at this boys, boys boarding school for a year. How on earth did that happen? Uh, you know, I just, I actually can't fathom how that that would happen because it's an all boys school. So they did have what, some day girls. They had some day, day girls. girls. I see. So it was partially co-ed then, but still you were the only female boarding. Yes. So when the girls went home at the end of the school day, it was just me and all these other boys. And the boys, you and yes. the boys. <laughs> yes, and my dorm was in sick bay, so I had a little room in sick bay. Um, and yeah, I was teased mercilessly for oh. the two years that I was there. So that was definitely a trauma that stuck with me. How old were and you at that time? That was age nine to 11. Oh, wow. That's a lot for a, a little girl to go through, uh, you know, to be separated from your parents at some, such a young age. Boarding schools, you know, there's 
I, I guess, you know, not so many people ex have that experience of going to a boarding school, but I think typically a boarding school is, you know, you're more likely to transition into a boarding school when you go into secondary school, but you were still a primary age to school child, which that I can't imagine you having such a like sense of adventure about going off to boarding school at such a young age. No. And and being adopted, you know, I already had abandonment issues. I didn't yes. know that I did, but yes. I did. And then we were halfway across the world. I mean, it's a long way from Hong Kong back to England. So yeah, it wasn't a great experience. And then I did move on to a girls boarding school. So I had both extremes. <laughs> and while I was in my teenage years, you know, I was half the time I was at the boarding school, but the other half of the time I was at home and both my parents became alcoholics. So that was traumatic again. Um, you know, walking on eggshells, my dad had anger issues, um, very short tempered. And so that was you know, not an easy time either. And then when I was 19, I woke up one morning and found my mother dead on the bathroom floor. So that was the, the big trauma to top all the other traumas. But, you know, we get taught how to deal with traumas from our parents, from society, you know, from what we're going through. And all those previous traumas, I'd been taught to just carry on with life and not talk about it, not dwell on it, not cry about it just to hold it all in and just carry on with life and so that's what I did yeah um, I'm just thinking you sort of you had this time in the UK too and I'm just thinking of that you know stiff upper lip um, attitude that the English have that uh, you know you you just need to keep your chin up you know keep your chin up and carry on um it's it's a coping mechanism that I think many of us are, are taught that that is the way to go through life um and it doesn't allow uh, any space for um for grief real grief or to process things in any kind of a healthy way um, but it does a great job of helping us to internalise and repress our feelings about the things that we have gone through. So tell me, how did that play out for you in terms of the way that you felt um, either physically, emotionally, um, your, just your general well-being? Was that impacting you you know psychologically you know what what was going on for you Anne well it was but I wasn't aware of it mm -hmm. I, I mean I, I wasn't aware that it was my childhood that was affecting me but I did I had a lot of digestive issues through my 20s and my 30s and I was pretty reactionary I would say I was highly strung and I lived in fear I was always working out how to stay safe you know I know that was a form of PTSD from being around my dad. You just had to, you had to look after yourself all the time. So that lived inside of me, but I didn't really realize there was anything from childhood affecting me until my late thirties, when I had a business altercation with a couple of other mothers of my boys' school. 
and they were very self-confident, self-assured authority type women. Mm -hmm. And they told me, this scared mother on the inside, they told me I'd done something wrong. And my mind just spun out of control, just over and over. I couldn't stop it spinning, you know, about what they said and what I said and what I did and what I could have done. And it was three days I couldn't sleep, just couldn't stop my brain going round in circles. And then after about three days, I suddenly realized, okay, this is not normal. Most people would not react this intensely to something that really wasn't a big deal. But I also realized it felt a little bit like how I would react when my dad had told me I'd done something wrong. Mm. So that was the first little inkling that maybe there was something from my childhood that was still affecting me to this day. And it's kind of funny to think back on now because there was so much from my childhood affecting yes. me, but I was only shown that little inkling there. And that was the start of my journey. So that gave you a glimpse into what was there that needed to be looked at a little yes. closer. Yes, and I didn't, I didn't know what to do at the time, but it was in that time frame I had a doctor's appointment. Now, this doctor was a holistic physician, so yeah. he had more tools in his toolbox. He was also a parent at my boys' school, so he knew me outside of, of the doctor's office and he recognized that I was more stressed than I should be given that I was stay at home mother with two healthy young boys. Mm -hmm. And so he asked me on a scale of zero to 10, what my stress level was. And I said eight, and then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize, oh, it's finding my mother dead on the bathroom floor because the tears from that event was still just under the surface all these years later because I hadn't dealt with it. Yeah. And he happened to know this technique that is called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. And it's also called tapping because we're tapping on certain places in our body as we're talking something through. So he tapped with me for about 15 minutes about my mother's death. And I walked away from that appointment for the first time ever, being able to tell the story in my mind without the tears there anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized that we hold those emotions and those memories physically in our body and that we can let them go. That's, that's an amazing place to be. Uh, and it, you know, it's great that there's always, it seems to be like these pivotal moments, these opportunities that we're given to, to go down a different path, you know, to the one that we've been walking on to that point, which to that point just seemed like the only path, you know, to go down in life. Underneath everything um was there a, a cry from your heart for inner peace oh absolutely that that's totally what my goal was and I had probably been on a search for that for a long time but I didn't know how to find it and this this was the first technique that I had found that I could notice a significant difference quickly. And I have an engineering background. I was a software engineer and I like to know something works. You know, I, this, this worked, but I, I still didn't really trust it. 
So I went home that day and I went online and I learned everything I could about EFT because it was given away by Gary Craig for free. He developed it, he gave it away and anyone can go online and learn how to use it. And you can learn it in five to 10 minutes. It's a very simple technique, which I think is actually kind of part of the problem. Some people use it and then think, oh, this can't be doing anything because it's so simple. But I wanted to check it out. I wanted to try it out with something. And I happened to have a 17 year old cat at home at the time and his kidneys were starting to fail. So we were told we had to give him a daily saline shot and I was going to have to be the one to do that. The first time I gave him that shot, my hand was shaking so badly. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it on a daily basis. I was just too afraid of giving him this shot. So I thought this is a great test case for this technique. So I tapped about it. I tapped about every aspect about it, which is what you do with EFT. So I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting him when I gave him the shot. And I tapped about all the injections that I had had in my childhood because we traveled around the world. And the next day, when I gave him that shot, the needle just slid right in. All of that fear that had been living inside of me the day before had totally disappeared. And it was huge. And that's when I realized, okay, the freedom that I'm looking for is on the other side of that fear. And that's where I want to be. So that's when I started my journey with EFT that day. So that, from what I understand, was the beginning of a journey for you with, with healing your life. But is there more that you discovered as you, you know, went along that journey? Is, you know, is EFT the thing that you have used consistently throughout your healing journey or are there other things that have evolved from that beginning? Well, I used EFT a lot. It's not the only thing, but what I did is I, I started using it every day and I started noticing when I was emotional during the day. Now that in itself is not an easy thing to do, right? To, to, to actually notice that I'm getting frustrated and stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm getting frustrated. That in itself takes some work and some practice, but I would get better at it. And each time I would notice I was getting emotional in some way, I would tap and I'd bring myself back to peace. And I could tell things were changing, right? I felt a little different. I wasn't quite as reactionary and I wanted more. So what I did is I wrote down every childhood memory I could think of, every trauma, every big T, every little T, every negative belief I had, all the, the stories that I remembered, like the, the things my dad would say to me or my relatives would say to me, like shame on you, you know, those kind of sayings. And I tapped through one each night for about an hour to an hour and a half each night. And as time went by, I definitely became less reactionary. My mind was quieter, was less judgmental, less critical, which was so nice. And uh, one day I opened my kitchen door and I just remember saying to myself, it feels like I'm living in a different reality mm. because I wasn't used to my mind being quiet. I'd never experienced it before. So what I realized EFT is doing, it's opening up the subconscious mind. And as the subconscious mind opens up, the awareness expands. So 
And you'll notice kind of if you actually learn how to do the tapping, the EFT, as you tap more and more, more details of memories will surface. Mm -hmm. And that is what the opening of the subconscious mind is. You're just becoming aware of things that have been hidden underneath emotions. So, for example, with my mother's death, you know, I had the, the story. I remembered the story and I could tap through the story of everything that happened. And I could tap through the emotions that I felt along the way. But once I let go of the bigger emotions, then this are the other little things that happened that day would come to the surface and I would remember them, but I hadn't remembered them before. Right. So that's the opening of the subconscious mind and the expansion of the awareness. So what I realized over time as time went by, I was becoming aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions. So when we're having an emotion, something like fear, we're actually holding ourselves in tension somewhere. You can imagine that you're looking at someone you know in the distance and you can tell how they're feeling, right? You can tell if they're, if they're depressed or if they're sad or if they're angry by the tension they're holding in their bodies, by their posture. We can become aware of that ourselves. Now, I couldn't have known this. I couldn't have been aware of it if I hadn't done all that EFT to begin with, mm. like it's a progression. But once I did become aware of the physical sensations, then I was actually in the group at the time. And the kind of the guru in the group said every week, you don't have to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. Well, when I started tapping, I was in this group and he was already saying that, but I didn't know what he meant. What does it mean to feel your feelings? So as the weeks went by and I did more and more tapping, I became aware of these feelings, these physical sensations. Let's take a quick break to breathe and hear about how to find the keys that you need to be free. You're off to a great start because you found this podcast to help you to heal your heart. Now, each episode is jam-packed with support and inspiration, but don't forget to check out the episode notes, which is set up to be your life support station. In there, you'll find links to a crisis support list, plus a way to contact us and so much more to help you close the door on fearfulness and pick up the keys to a life where good things are going to be again in store. Okay, take another breath and let it go and turn your attention back to today's show. So one day I was at the kitchen sink doing the dishes and I thought, okay, let me try and do what he said. What does it even mean to feel your feelings? So I would catch myself with a thought that had emotion behind it. So it might be something as simple as, okay, I'm afraid of making this phone call. So then I would feel where that fear was, the fear of making the phone call. And for me, normally fear would be in my solar plexus, hence all the digestive issues, right? The stomach area. Yeah. So I would notice where that tension was or that fear was sitting and I would try and feel it. And I would notice that if I moved, or if I took a deep breath, my focus on the fear would disappear. I couldn't, I'd lose it. So what I realized I had to do was actually hold myself like a statue. Just feel that fear and I would talk to it. I can feel this fear right there in my solar plexus, right in my stomach area. I just want to feel you. I just want to allow you to be felt because you've been suppressed for so long. I just want to feel you. 
And then I'd have to take a deep breath, let it out. And then I would think the same thought again. Okay, I'm afraid of making this phone call. And I would notice there wouldn't be quite as much fear there. So I'd do the same thing again. And I would do it again and again and again with the same thought until all the fear had disappeared. At which point making the phone call is easy. There's no fear left inside. So I started doing this every day. Instead of doing the tapping, I would catch myself during the day and just feel those feelings. And then in the night, instead of doing the tapping on my childhood stuff, I would lay on the sofa and I would bring collective traumas to mind at this point because I'd already done my childhood stuff. So I'd bring something like 9-11 up for me. We all have our own individual experience of something that was a collective trauma. So I would bring all my memories up of that event and just feel those feelings and let the energy dissipate. Mm -hmm. It's very different from what I had done before where I had held it tight and not wanted to look at it. Now I'm just feeling it and let it go. Kind of like a deer would do once it's been chased by some lion or something and then it gets away, right? They shake everything off and get on with life. So that's what I was doing. I kind of think of that as my second step along the journey, feeling the feelings. Um, what I'm thinking of is uh, mindfulness. Um, as you you talk about that, when you were you mentioned awareness, having an awareness around uh, what you were feeling, and that that awareness wasn't there before EFT. That that was part of the progression of your journey. And that when you were talking about your mind being full or you, or you're, you're getting to that opposite state where you felt like your mind was clear and it, it, you didn't have all that busyness going on, the chatter going on in your mind, um, you know, there's mindful, which is you know, being mindful and being aware and then there's having a full mind. And, you know, I like that play on words because it's it's a flip, you know. Um, you have to get to that state of mindfulness, um, you know, leading up to that you've you've got that state of having a full mind where you've got a lot of clutter, a lot of, chatter and a lot of busyness going on which makes it really really difficult to tune into um, things that are on that sort of subconscious level um, because of all of that busyness so um, I like the way in which you've gone about doing your work has been for me from what I'm hearing is is really gentle it's a, a really gentle and I guess you're in control of it so for somebody who has I'm not saying you've got trust issues or you know like you you had um a lot of good reasons to want to shield yourself and protect yourself from um further pain or hurt in life because of many different things that you went through as a child um, growing up. But it's like those things have fallen away 
from you now and it's allowed you to I guess do this in a way where um you're the driver yes I mean I've been I feel like I've been the driver all along I I was not willing to be vulnerable early on yeah at all so I felt like I had to do this myself I was willing to look yeah. at my stuff myself wasn't willing to share it with anyone else so it has been a progression now I'm totally willing to be vulnerable I think a lot of people think this kind of journey is a hard journey and you know to begin with maybe it was I had to let go of a lot of tears all those tears that I had hidden all those years had to come out yeah but things start to improve as you go, right? It's really fun to have your awareness expand because it's the deeper you're aware inside of yourself, the deeper you're aware of what's happening outside of you too. It's definitely as with, as within, so without, it's absolutely true. So it becomes fun, right? When I was at this point where I was laying on the sofa, feeling these physical sensations or just these emotions and letting them go, it feels really good to let go of tension that has been stored in the body for so long. So it's not a hardship. In fact, it became what I wanted to do all the time. And, and it's part of me now. Let yes. me just go back to what you were saying about the mindful. I, I liked those words you used. When I started the journey, my mind was so busy, I could not have slowed it down to focus on the physical sensations that I did when I got to the second step. It just, I just wouldn't have been able to do it. I wouldn't have been able to meditate in those early years. Not that I do now, although some people call what I'm doing a form of meditation. That's, but yeah. I had to let go of all that clutter in my mind from my past, all that past programming, all those words that I would replay in my mind, which had been my dad's words. I had to let them go so my mind could become quiet so that I could focus. Now, what I was doing when I was focusing on those physical sensations, I, the wording is, is tricky, but I don't really feel I'm in, I was in my thinking mind, but I'm in my feeling mind. So I'm not thinking, I'm feeling the sensations. Like, so imagine how does your right knee feel right now? Can you feel your right knee? that is what i'm doing i'm feeling the sensations for me with, with the example we use the fear that's sitting in my solar plexus i'm focusing on it with my attention mm. i'm not really thinking my mind is quiet because i'm just feeling <laughs> it's tricky to put into words <laughs> but it comes a very good job of <laughs> explaining it and really good <laughs> job <laughs> So, um, yeah, what I wanted to explore more with you, I suppose, is I liked what you were talking about before with the collective consciousness and um, there's we've had a lot going on in the world over more recent years, I think, um, that have been like collective trauma for people, whether it be um, COVID or uh, what's happening in the Ukraine or um, what's happening with um, financial sort of inflation, you know, affecting 
different parts of the world and the rising costs in power and petrol and uh, all these different, you know, pressures, I suppose, that we're being thrust upon us, you know, collectively. Um, you know, I think it's really good to look at life in a collective way too and not just focusing on um, ourselves and our own, you know, um, baggage, if you like, from the things, our experiences um, as individuals, but also taking into consideration that on top of that, you know, yes, you know, like we have, we live in our own little world. Um, I think, you know, it's really prudent to acknowledge that you know we do live in our own little world to a large degree we're not largely con connected to uh you know the human consciousness um you know for for the most part but i think that um it's really important for us to bring ourselves to back to that place of collective consciousness um, as a way of healing, uh, you know, ourselves and feeling more connected with the rest of the world and as though we actually have um, a part in um, that we can contribute in some kind of productive way to uh, to the world um, despite all of the, the challenges that we're going through. Um, how do you feel about that, Anne? Yeah, I, I do. I tend to think that we all have our own part of it, right? So our part of anything that's happened collectively is how we feel about it, right? If we're really scared with what's happening in Ukraine, then that is something we can work with. We can work with that fear and we can come back to peace about it. Right? If we're really upset about the abortion things that are happening in, in the US right now, right? if that is something that triggers us, right, then it's our trigger, we can work with those feelings and those emotions, and we can come back to peace about that. Or the right? climate. So right, any of those things. Yeah. So and and I have a tapping group that we tap uh, once a week. Yeah, with this, this technique EFT. And what I found is that until people have gone through their own stuff, their own childhood stuff, or their day-to-day -day stuff, they can't get to those collective things. Now, if, if, if you're working with one of those issues, right, if, if one of those issues is very close to you and you're very trigger, triggered about it, then that is kind of your thing and you can work with that. But, yeah. but I have noticed that, that, that I'm the one who works on those collective issues because I've done my childhood stuff. Yeah. So I definitely do work on, I would say I work on politics most of the time that, that because those are where my triggers are still. Mm. I watch the news now because I want to know what triggers me. I want to feel it, find that tension deep inside of me and work on that to release it. But I do think people need to work on their own stuff first. Mm. Yeah. 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 That now we do sense. have the, we do have the third step 
of my journey that I'd love to shall share. Shall we go there now? <laughs> shall we Shall we move? Now, this is the next step. step into the third step. <laughs> yeah, this is the step that I had never heard of before, which is kind of why part of the reason I want to share my story. I want people to know what's possible. So when one day when I was lying on the sofa, feeling these sensations and letting them go, I realized I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had released, which was really weird, it felt totally different. I knew something was different. So imagine you have a toothache or a stomach ache. You can pinpoint with your senses, right? You can sense where that pain is, is coming from, excuse me. But once the pain has dissipated, you can't put your awareness back on the same place anymore because the pain has gone. I found that I could put my awareness back inside my body. And I kind of didn't know what I was doing at this point. I was kind of just playing around. It was this new thing for me. So I can do it. I noticed I could do it a second time or a third time. And then I just wonder, well, what, what can I do now? What's the point, right? So I found I could move my awareness around inside and I could find a place of tension on the inside. And so I would just focus on the tension. I would just feel it doing the same thing that I was doing before, just feeling it, putting my awareness on it, accepting it. And I noticed there would be a shift and then I would do it again and again and again. So now I'm doing at a deeper level inside the body, what I was doing before with the feeling, the, the feelings, yeah. and it's kind of the same as EFT, right? EFT, we do the same thing over and over again until the tension has released. Yeah. So now I'm doing it inside my body and I just started working through my body, noticing where the tension was, focusing on it, allowing it to release and moving on. And it took many, many months and I can't remember how many months it was, but it took many months. And I, then I was away, able to put my awareness inside my head. And that was eye opening for me because there was so much pain and tension inside my head that I believe had been there since I was born with my foot up against my shin and my whole body had been twisted or talked. It had been there all those years, but I had not been aware of it, had no awareness of it. But now I have a technique, right? So I started focusing on the pain and I could only focus for like a second or two in my left cheek to begin with because it was so intense. But I just kept working on it over and over and over. And one day I actually heard and felt something release. Didn't know what it was, it was a little scary, didn't know if I was hurting myself or not. And that's when I started doing some research and I realized, <laughs> okay, that was an adhesion in the connective tissue that was releasing. So I wasn't hurting myself, it was all good. And I kept doing it. And I would just do it again and again, and I would feel and hear more things release. And it, it sounded and felt like old fabric ripping. And today it happens many, many times a day, but it would get to the place that I could actually feel my skull bones relax, felt really good to actually feel the skull bones relax and let go of that tension. And I didn't realize that the bones in my skull were actually moving until I had x-rays taken last year and compared them to 2013. And they were just orthodontic x-rays, nothing special, but I could actually see that my bones had shifted my eye sockets had aligned, my jaw was way off to the side and it's now much more centered. And my neck's always been bent because I've had scoliosis my whole life and it's much straighter than it ever was. And I have grown three quarters of an inch. 
in the last couple of years. I don't know how long exactly, because I don't measure myself much as an adult, right? We don't do that. <laughs> no, we tend to stop once we we get to adulthood and, um, yeah. That's... And then we tend to start shrinking, right? As we get that's, older, we start well, shrinking. That's right. That's exactly right. So, yeah, sort of around the 50 mark, you, you know, like people tend to, their posture changes, the um the joints compress and yeah they start um start getting smaller and smaller right yeah. and i think this is reversing that process yeah, because it's actually amazing. loosening up the joints it's releasing the adhesions in the connective tissue something that's really um of interest to me Anne, is that it sounds as though you have you're very disciplined with what you're doing so it's kind of like sounds like brushing your teeth to me and I, I don't mean to oversimplify it I just mean in terms of its regularity that you're this is something that you're doing every day by the sounds of it oh yeah many many times a day over time it, and it's just become part of me I can actually multitask now so the release I do now I don't need to lay on the sofa. I can do it while I'm watching TV, while I'm walking, while I'm doing the dishes. So it's easy to do. But but the, let me remind you that it feels really good. Yeah. Right? So early on, it was a discipline. However, that first experience with the doctor and with the cat, that that was so amazing, right? I actually felt different the same day or the next day. Yes. And if something could happen that fast, I wanted it. I, I yes. wanted to get as much from it as I could. I really wanted to change and I was determined to do so. Okay, so now this is something that, you know, you have, you make it sound super easy, okay? Um, but can I ask you, um, where should somebody start with it? So somebody who is not that mindful you know, very relaxed and, um, you know, like uncluttered mind stage of their lives, but a person who um, is still very much triggered, still very much reactive, has a very um, over full mind that's got lots of chatter going on and finds it very, very challenging to find a place of stillness. And they're saying, oh, it's fine for you, and but... I can't, you know, like meditate to save myself. I can't, um, you know, like that's just too much. You, you, I can't even imagine myself sitting there and trying to bring awareness anywhere for myself because I'm too fidgety, I'm too anxious, I'm, you know, not in the right headspace to be practising what you're talking about what would you say would be a really good starting point for somebody who might feel like that? Well, to begin with, the first step is always to start noticing how you're feeling during the day, right? Start noticing, standing back and saying, okay, look at me, I'm getting frustrated or angry or I'm sad. Just that is the very first step. But then the beauty in EFT is you're tapping on exactly how you're feeling right now so if your mind is really busy saying like beating up on yourself or something over and over you would just add the tapping in and you keep saying the same thing it's like i hate myself that was such a stupid thing to do right that was such a stupid thing to do i would just tap through the points 
saying exactly what my mind is saying. And it's the tapping, the physical aspect of tapping on those points that releases the energy from the nervous system. The longer you tap, the more energy is released and then they just become words. Like then I could start to say, well, it might sound different and then it would sound something like, well, maybe that was a silly thing to do. It was an accident. You know, different thoughts would come to your mind. Mm. You would give yourself more compassion. Compassion and understanding arises naturally. That sounds such a, a woo-woo thing to say, but it but it's true. I had to experience it myself to really believe it, but that is absolutely true. So the beauty in EFT is you really want to find your truth, right? So I remember tapping for hours. It took this was really deep, but I actually tapped for hours on, I hate myself. I didn't do that to begin with, right? I didn't even know that that was my truth underneath a lot of everything that happened. But I tapped on that phrase, I hate myself for a long time until it just became words. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything to me anymore. It does, it's not, there's no attachment to those words inside of me. And that's what EFT does. It just releases those attachments and they're just words. Do you have um, a, like a, a training or something on YouTube that you, uh, you that people could look at for the EFT or a recommendation of somewhere they could go to uh, just look for an exercise on EFT to help them to get started? Because uh, this um, interview will be audio format um, for a lot of people, so um, it would be great if we could include a a resource for them to go to to get started sure i do have a eft demonstration video on my youtube channel fantastic so hopefully everything's <laughs> perfect. there <laughs> perfect you shared that with me and i'll share that in the episode notes yeah fantastic what else do you think might be a really valuable um bit of information to share with the the listeners um that will be helpful to them in in their healing journey okay well there's probably plenty to work on but one more thing to start noticing is when we blame other people and other things because there's always part our part in all of those things is how we feel about it right so even if we're watching other people argue if it's bringing something up in us, we can tap on that, mm-hmm. right? So anything we're listening into the on the news, or if we're blaming some politician for something or some company for something, then we're feeling something about them. And that's our part of it, how we're feeling. We're frustrated with them or with whatever word you wanna come up with, whatever emotion, that is how we're feeling about it. And we can tap on that. Right? Because a lot of times we don't think we have any control over that stuff outside of us, but we can. We do have some control and it's how we feel. Because if we can get to the place of peace with whatever happens around us, the whole life changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And um, ultimately, like I remember when I was in uh, an abusive relationship, I remember sort of crying out for serenity that, you know, in all the chaos that 
my life was at that time the thing that I yearned for was to find some serenity in my life some peace um, and I just think that it's so valuable if we can find a way to find our calm to find our peace because it's all well and good to say you know keep calm and carry on but to somebody who is in fight flight mode and who is highly reactive to um to everything in life that doesn't make sense you know because they haven't reached that place of calm they don't know how to to reach that place of calm in the chaos so yeah finding tools like the ones that you're sharing with us today um, are incredibly valuable and so as Anne has said, it all begins with awareness, that having that awareness is the beginning of transformation. Uh, but on top of the next step with, uh, you know, with having awareness is, is trying something, exploring something new, actually, you know, giving it a go because, uh, you know, all the awareness in the world um, will not get us to that next next level until we start actively engaging with what it is that we need to do to bring that change about in our lives and this is possibly you know one of the most you know I love working with energy Anne and um and this is you know what you're talking about is a very gentle uh way of healing and it is a very um I guess autonomous way of healing where um those who feel vulnerable to, you know have a safe a safe place to do their healing work so I think it's really precious and I'm very grateful to you for sharing everything that you have in today's conversation um before we go would you like to leave any links for the listeners to find you Anne Sure. I have my website, which is anhints.com, and the x-rays are on there. So if anyone has a, an engineering mind like mine and wants to know that this really works, the x-rays are on there. You can look at. I also have a public Facebook page that I love to explain things on. So I'm happy to answer any questions on there. And I have my book. It's called The Pathway to Insight. And it goes through the steps in detail that I went through. So anyone else can follow those two wonderful and i will share all those links in the episode notes and and just for the final question because this podcast is called tiara's tears and triumphs what does that title mean to you as a woman well it hooked into my childhood i mean i think of tiara's and as you know a young girl possibly a young girl wanting to go to a dance class and my dad hated all that foo-foo girly stuff so I was never allowed to do any of that so there were tears there as well um but as an adult I went to dance classes and I loved it so yeah it's great triumph transformation I think that's lovely that you um 
it's never too late to follow your what the things that you're passionate about so for me like I love music I love dance and um and I love singing and, uh, and I've allowed myself to step into that performance space now and it's something that you know I really um I suppose I felt you know that being inhibited and felt um you know self-conscious and uh maybe that imposter syndrome around am I good enough to be doing this and there's so many people with amazing voices who do I think I am to be standing up <laughs> in front of people and performing all of those things and um and yeah I just ignore all of that stuff and I get up and I do it because I love singing <laughs> yeah that's a lovely story one of the changes that I had no idea was going to happen along this path is I believe our, our skull is the echo chamber for our voice. So as you release more and more tension, the voice changes. changes. So I can actually sing notes that I couldn't sing before. My yeah, voice has that. changed. I believe yeah. that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm learning a lot about technique with singing too. And I know how important it is to have that, you know, that looseness uh, around your jaw and you know just in your face and everything to allow sound to come out in you know the best way I suppose possible so and yeah same thing like you know learning um the difference with technique and allowing my face to relax and everything has allowed me to you know increase my range and yeah really helped my whole sound yeah so yeah very very true yeah nice <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, and note. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> um, I'd like to say thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you would like to be a part of a growing community to fast track your healing journey, you can do this in a couple of ways. One way you can do this is to become a supporter of this podcast by becoming a patron. This will help me to help you and other people just like you to discover the resources that are included in this podcast to help you rise back up after hitting rock bottom, after experiencing different forms of abuse. And like I said, you can do this by becoming a patron of this podcast. It's super easy. Just go to the episode notes and click on the link to become a patron. When you are a patron, you will receive exclusive bonuses like the behind the scenes audio files with deep and meaningful insights from conversations with guests that are not included in the podcast interviews plus there are a range of special building blocks to help you to rebuild your life so go check it out and you can join the growing rise up with tiara's tears and triumphs facebook group with over 400 members where you can troubleshoot issues you're having, 
every victim and every survivor of abuse has expertise and being part of a community of peers gives you a safe place to get answers to questions that you have and to share what you know with others again just go to the episode notes to become a member of the group today we all go through dark times when we do we often feel alone This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. 
You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.